took an L last week with Tennessee. I thought Tennessee was going to was going to go into Athens and go between the hedges and give Georgia the business and that obviously did not happen that that score of 27 to 13 did not truly depict the arse-kicking fiesta that was laid on on Big Orange by by Georgia. And Tennessee, just like Ohio State, they don't play well in, in bad weather. And my lock of the week is, is taking the points. So take Ann Arbor Community College at Nebraska. They're, they're laying 29 points. Take the 29 points. Jim Harbaugh has a lot to prove. He's been flapping his gums. They're trying to send a message to Ohio State. Expect Ohio State to run up the score. Or whoever they're playing this week. And I think they have I think they have Maryland at home, maybe. Indiana. They got Indiana. And these two teams are, are on a co- collision course. And if you look at the, the college football ratings to see who's going to get into the playoff, the, the ESPN show, Tennessee has established themselves as the best one-loss team. And Tennessee, especially as LSU continues to climb and and they're in the driver's seat to win the SEC West, Tennessee has the best one-loss resume. They have a better one-loss resume than than either Michigan or Ohio State. So that Ohio State-Michigan game is going to be an elimination game for for the college football playoff. Both of those teams are not getting into the playoff. So Michigan's going to send that message. They're going to run up the score. Nebraska has, has become a laughing stock. It's terrible what's happened to them. I really wish they would go back to Big 8 football and, and the option. I mean, Tommy Frazier's not walking through that door, but there's no reason that Nebraska can't be a, a perennial 8-3, and 9-3 and three type of team. They should never be an 8-loss team. That's an embarrassment. And you have such a great fan base out there and, and a great tradition in history. They're not, they're not, I don't know if them or the U are ever going to get back to the prominence that they had in the 80s. Because the game has changed so much. And the U, they had all of those kids from South Florida, all of those kids from Miami and Tampa and Fort Lauderdale and Naples would, would go to Miami. Now in NIL, man, people, people go to other schools. They're, they're not going to descend on one school. People want to go where they can play early and get paid early. Play and pay. Like I said yesterday, I said Bijan Robinson is at Texas driving a Lambo. Why would he? Why would he go to to Alabama and have to redshirt and sit behind somebody? Like why would he do that? Quinn Euros was got a, got a got a cool million dollars for going to Ohio State in NIL money, and only played like three snaps. In a, in a blowout against Michigan State. So instead of going to his senior prom, he enrolled at Ohio State early, collected a million dollars, passed go. <laughs> he passed go and collected a million dollars, and then he enrolled, he transferred and went to Texas as a freshman. Everything on schedule except he's up a million dollars. So the game is different. 
But this dynamic with with Michigan and Ohio State, you expect both of those teams to to do really well over the weekend, in my opinion. And they're going to be sending subliminal messages to one another. And that game, that game's going to be close. Scarlet and Gray, don't get cocky. I know that I know that Ann Arbor Community College has been our personal ATM for the last twenty years. I think that they're two. 17, 2 and 17, and, and you had the one, you had the tattoo gate with Terrell Pryor. They had a game that was thrown out. Or 3 and 17 or something like that. They have not won against Ohio State that often. And a lot of those games have been embarrassing. It's like Michigan players, their defense has been in quicksand and big plotting and slow. But Ohio State's not built, they're not built for November. Michigan is. Michigan's going to run with Blake Corum. They're going to run off tackle, off tackle, off tackle, off tackle, off tackle. Ohio State will not beat Michigan in a pound game. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, if they show up at Ohio Stadium and it's 31 degrees and you have this, this snowish sleet type of precipitation falling to, for me to channel my inner Jim Cantori, if you have a high-pressure mass moving through Columbus, on the day of that game, and it's cold and it's windy, I'm telling you, man, Michigan's going to win that game. Ohio State cannot line up in single back and run it down Michigan's throat. Michigan can to Ohio State. Ohio State needs to come out. They need to establish the throw. Their passing game screens, getting Marvin Harrison Jr. open. I assume that Jackson Smith and Jigba's done. Like, I don't, I don't think you'll ever see him suit up for the Buckeyes again. He's still going to be a top 10, 15 pick just based on last year's catalog. But you got Fleming, you got Abuka. Ohio State needs to get the ball to those guys in space where they have more perimeter speed and more playmakers than Michigan's slow corners and safeties. And if the weather, if it's 56 degrees and sunny, then Ohio State's going to win that game by three touchdowns. But if it's if it's bad weather, I'm telling you, Michigan's going to win that game. There'll be a lot of angry people in Columbus. And you will not get to the playoff over Tennessee. Tennessee, if you see the playoff rankings, Tennessee is established. They're they're the number one in line. They thrashed LSU. That that win means a lot more now because LSU is in the driver's seat to win the SEC West. So it's gonna be very, very it's gonna be a very interesting uh, couple of weeks. But but that's my that's my lock of the week. Take Michigan in twenty nine points. I usually don't I don't touch spreads that are that big, but Michigan has a lot to prove. They're they're gonna run up the score. That's what they've been doing the last few weeks. Even, I was talking to Carlin the Great. Michigan struggled at Rutgers. They were losing to Rutgers at halftime. It's, it's not easy to win these games late in the year. That's why I don't lose faith in teams if they have a close game. And this whole, well, you didn't beat someone by enough, so we're going we're gonna to drop you in the rankings. I don't, I don't buy into that. It's difficult to get a bunch of 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old young men to go to an opposing stadium where there are 75, 80, 90,000 people screaming against them and to expect them to, to play at an optimal level, especially in the late fall when the weather's bad. It's one thing to play an opponent in a dome. You're playing at AT&T Stadium. You're playing at the Peach Bowl. You're playing out in uh, at the Fiesta Bowl where it's controlled conditions on field turf. But you're out there in the elements. Tennessee looked bad. Hendon Hooker didn't look like a Heisman candidate against Georgia. That defense in Athens, between the hedges, in the rain. 
If you play that game in Tennessee, probably different. Although I think I think the Bulldogs were a little angry. I think they took the rankings a little personal. I think Big Orange was getting a little cocky. But it will be very interesting as the as the college football season winds down to to see who's going to be who's going to be in the driver's seat if they don't win their conference. So we know that Ohio State, Michigan, whoever wins that game, they should have a cakewalk in the Big Ten Championship and will win the conference. They're in. Clemson's out. Getting thrashed by Notre Dame, they're done. A lot of people were low on Clemson, myself included. Bama's out. LSU's in. If LSU wins the SEC, I'm telling you, LSU will be in the playoff. And that's where it will get real interesting. So let's say LSU runs the table. And let's say LSU beats Georgia. I don't think they would. I think Georgia's better. But you have a two-loss LSU team. You'd have a one-loss Georgia team and a one-loss Tennessee team. Well, Georgia gets the tiebreaker over Tennessee. Is Tennessee the third SEC team to get in? I know that I know that Feinbaum's been discussing that. Could it be three SEC teams and the Ohio State-Michigan winner? Will TCU beat Texas this weekend? I think that's a huge domino. It will be impossible. The presidents will have a will have a fit. They'll be they'll be going bare knuckle in the offices in Indianapolis for the NCAA. If a if a Power Five team that ran the tables undefeated won their conference won their conference championship does not get in. So if TCU wins all of their games, whether you think they should get in or not, they're going to get in. But if if TCU loses to Texas, which I think they will, then that opens up that opens up several doors because who gets who gets that last spot? We know it's not going to be a Pac-12 team because nobody respects the Pac-12. It's not going to be not going to be Clemson because they got beat so bad. If Oregon had lost to Georgia earlier in the year, if it wasn't forty-nine to three, then maybe they'd have a leg to stand on. I know that Bo Nix had a great year. But you're not in the conversation when you lose 49 to 3. That's that's a that's a disgusting effort. I know it's the first game of the year, and a new coach tried to to navigate his way through the system, but you can't lose 49 to 3. Not in college. You can do that in the NFL, still win the Super Bowl, but you can't do that in college. So Oregon's eliminated. Clemson's eliminated. It's very possible you you have three SEC teams if, if LSU wins the SEC championship. They will definitely be in. And then perhaps you could have a situation where you have two SEC teams and then if enough people lose, the Ohio State-Michigan loser, if it's a close game, might have a shot. But it's very interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward. We're getting to the back end of college football season. Everyone that listens to this show knows that I love college football. It's my favorite sport. And it's just very exciting to see how this is going to unfold. And it's great to not have to deal with Nick Saban and Alabama and those obnoxious Crimson Tide fans. Paragon 7 Studios. James Lewis. Jones resets in the shotgun. Gets the snap. Hands it to Elliott who goes sweeping to the left side. Gets to the 20. Loose to the 30. To the 40. Down the left side. To the 50. Goes Elliott. Rampage the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode squad. He's going to take it to the house. 30, 20, 10. Touchdown Ezekiel Elliott. 85 yards. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with a team of risk adjustment experts who deeply understand the complexities of every facet of healthcare. 
We partner with our health plan and healthcare clients to emphasize transparency and trust to truly become a valuable extension of their team at every step of the way from outreach, medical record retrieval, coding to final delivery. With the most significant health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, we aim to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For more information, go to www.episource.com and schedule a demonstration. I'm the latest hashtag challenge, and everyone on social media is trying me. I'm trending so hard that hashtag common sense can't keep up. This is going to get tens and tens of views. But if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, you could be left to pay for this yourself. Get Allstate and be better protected from mayhem for a whole lot less. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. I think some sometimes people, you know, they get fuzzy when it comes to my crew. But let me tell now, y'all, there's no I don't, group. I don't think anybody gets fuzzy. And I'm going to say this loud. I'm going to say this proudly. There's no group like my group. Now, there's been groups, but not like my group. Right. James Lewis. See, my group, we never tarnished none of our albums. Right, right, right. That's number one. Mm. And everything we put out That's deep. went plaque. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Matthew, Little Caesars is now the official pizza of the NFL. Let's hear it. Pizza, pizza. Again. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. No! Pizza, pizza! We're ready! Enjoy game day with a Fanceroni pepperoni with over 100 old world pepperonis. Pizza, pizza. 